here we are finally at part three. You've been a trooper coach. Are you ready for the third part of this mega episode? We're going to chat about building stronger relationships with players, no matter what your coaching style, and developing competitors. And finally, we'll give a little preview of the Madawan team's postseason outlook and share the details on one of the favorite roles from all of the coaches we've talked to, including the two of us. All right, let's jump on in. And what would you say to coaches who are just getting to, to that point of having strong relationships with other girls? Because you're a relational person naturally, yeah. and you've been doing this for a while. So you've built, I think it's nice when you've had the older girls, like be able to nudge the younger ones towards you, like go talk to her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what about a coach who's like just getting into it, maybe has a bunch of new girls coming in. How do you build those connections with your girls so that they do feel like they can come to you without like being nosy or like, like talk to me, tell me what's wrong. <laughs> it's so hard because like how I would do it isn't necessarily how other people would do it or, but you know, like for, and also I will go back to say sometimes when during all of this massive wheels falling off, parts falling off the car, avalanches, snowballs turning into avalanches. Like you sometimes forget that they're kids. And, and the fact that they just had a really tough year. I don't care who you are. I don't, I do not care who you are. 2020 was difficult on everyone. Obviously it impacted others differently than some than, you know, others or whatever. It was just a different impact to everyone, but it's still tough. It was a side note. I will tell an example. Uh, Madawan had their prom this year. Uh, I don't think my kids went. They had some restrictions, but it was outside. Okay. So from all of my friends that are teachers, they had some um, friends of mine that are teachers that chaperone. And they said it was the strangest thing because in the first half or first part of prom, super awkward because they haven't used, been used to hanging out and being around each other. So it was just like this super awkward, like people stand around in corners and not, or, you know, off to the side and not talking. And it took some time for them to get used to being around other people again and actually started having fun towards the end and dancing together. So I just, I wonder how, how much of an impact sometimes we don't even realize, right. That, that maybe COVID had on them or will continue to have. So that is what kind of brought me to my, to this one player I was talking about, right? Like, this is so not her. And one day after practice, my catcher had asked if she could stay after to practice throwdowns. So I said, sure, grab a couple of the kids so you can practice throwing to first and second and third, and I'll pitch them into you, whatever. And that's when I saw that I don't know why I just happened to be there. The teary eyes one of my kids, right? Which prompted a conversation. So that, that, okay, now I get it. You know, you, you got some stuff going on. If you want to talk about it, I'm here. You don't have to. I said, you know, what makes everything better. Ice cream. Ice cream makes everything better. <laughs> you want some ice cream? So, but you know, I think that's just one of those things where as hard as it may be stepping away from the big picture Sometimes like I, I think big picture, I think team, I think big picture. I think getting ready for next week. I think about preparing for the season. I think about managing pitchers for the season because that's how we have to think sometimes. And if you can stop t- thinking big picture, which is our natural, I think as a coach to, to plan and think that way and just be a little bit more 
keen on some of your players. And if you have a player who is abnormally bad, or you just have, you, you can tell them that they're not themselves because they aren't performing on the field. Take a step back. Don't yell at them, Alicia, and just find out if they're okay. And everyone does that in different ways, you know, pulling them aside at practice or like if you have some uh, heading station set up and they're on a tee by themselves, maybe you're the feeder that day. So you can talk to every kid. Maybe you just have the kids rotate instead of rotating in groups or pairs. Sometimes we've set up our stations where they just rotate one at a time. So they go from feeder to hitter to hitter. To, and maybe you're the feeder one day. And maybe you can just sit there and on the bucket and put the ball on the tee. And the kid might get one swing. Who cares? Hey, how's school? How's, how's it going? Whatever. Anything new? Like, what's up? However is natural and genuine for you. I think that if you can create space, even in practice that way, you're not actually taking time from practice. You're just spending a few minutes with each kid. So it, it's so easy to get caught up in it though. It really is. And at the end of the day, they're just kids and they're human, human beings. And if you can teach it, if they, if they learned anything out of this whole season, that not accepting mediocrity is being okay. And just, you can't set a goal of being this, and I, I'm using my hands. This is where the video does come in and I have it like a high bar. You can't say you want to be up here, but perform every day like this. It doesn't work that way. And the interesting thing is a Taylor now in middle school can just walk down to the field after school. So she comes down a lot, uh, sits there for practice, whatever. And she just happened to be there those couple of days that I was giving my locker room speeches. Cause that was one of the things that I said to them because I said they had their goals on the whiteboard and we started talking about them. And, and I, I said, you cannot set your goals as high and give this level of effort. So she, that resonated with her because we talked about it on the way home. She goes, I really, I, I really understand that. Like if I want to make the Royal team in soccer, I can't just keep not practicing. Great. <laughs> like, yes, yes. And just because you've worked this hard doesn't mean this is guaranteed. But what's guaranteed? You won't get there if this is a level of effort you keep putting in. That is a good one. A very good point. Because then if you put in the hall work and it doesn't get to where you want right away, then they're like, oh, <laughs> never mind. Done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, that's such a good one. I think the number one thing I've learned since you called and invited yourself to be my BP. Thank you. Thank You're you. Welcome. Thank you. Was <laughs> well, how important it is to just do the little touching base. Like I was so resistant to having any space in my practice plans before. <laughs> now I'm literally like, I had this chat with people in the last boot camp. I'm literally scheduling in chat time like you, like at a station where I can talk because I don't care if they miss a thousand swings, if they're so distracted or distraught or there's drama and they can't focus the whole time anyway. So what's the point? <laughs> Whereas if I can make myself available just to notice things, I missed so many cues while coaching, like big ones where <laughs> once I found out, I was like, what was I looking at? What was I watching? How did I miss that? I missed a girl playing through a broken bone in her wrist. I missed a girl getting bullied by other teammates. And it, it was clearly affecting her play. But I'm like, 
Mel, come on. <laughs> so I think it's really important. I, I know listening to this, people are probably shaking their heads like, yeah, sounds good. But no, <laughs> that with the best of intentions, it gets going really quickly. So you need to like, I like having it on the practice plan, like Mel, take time. <laughs> because I bet you have story after story. Let's see if one pops in your head as I say this of just one offhanded comment that you made to a kid. One question you asked them one time you just checked in and it completely turned things around. Yep. Yep. She's nodding guy. She's nodding. This story I just told you, I, I don't <laughs> yeah. want to go into too many details, but yes, the, the, the kids that stayed after practice, one of them just had some stuff. I asked if she was okay. And that turned into, you know, a full-blown conversation. And I was just there to support her. There's no judgment in any of it. I'm just supporting you, kid. And that's all I want you to know. But in the back of my mind, I also understand why that might have translated sometimes to the field. And she didn't seem like her. She, she does. She's one of those players that does not show emotion, right? She's, she's always smiling, you know, but I, I just... I just knew that something was wrong in that moment when I asked, because I saw just a tinge, right? Just, to, it was quick, but I, I got lost in that big picture too sometimes. And I, there was another incident too, where I think one of my, we were doing the hundred point game and that's where you just got to sprint, 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 sprint. And one of my other, one of my players wasn't very happy with one of the effort of somebody else and called her out. And that player didn't like it. And there was a lot of crying and a lot of emotion and a lot of stuff going on. So that revealed some stuff behind the scenes, right? So I talked to them individually and I left it up to them. If you guys got your own stuff on or stuff going on, you got to figure it out. Choose to or not. But if you don't, you can see how it's working. So you know, you, you really got to just figure this stuff out. It's conflict management. It's a really good life skill to learn. A lot of adults don't know how to. I mean, I just spent a weekend watching uh, my daughter's soccer tournament. And boy, some of the parents on the sidelines and the referees have no idea how to conflict management skills. So, I mean, I said that kind of jokingly, but it was kind of ugly. But I, you know what I'm saying? I'm just like, that's a really good skill to have. Mm. So they decided to have a conversation and all of a sudden things are great, you know, and, and that doesn't always work. Don't get me wrong. Like sometimes you can't leave it up to them. Sometimes you have to be a mediator, but what I ask of any of my players, anytime there's something going on and they say that girl is a, she's being a, you know, and I say, look, take a step back, have some empathy and you have no idea what's going on in her life. I am not saying I do, because I don't. But you never know. So unless you take the time to ask, if everything is okay first, you will never know. Coaches listen to this podcast, want teams that feel like family. So we're having these conversations. But if you miss out on that, you can miss out on a ton of impact between the girls too. So I think it's really important that you can work through that. I know it, like you said, it depends on the situation, the girls, if they're going to work it out, but to empower them through that. I think we all talk, say we want to develop people off the field, but that that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that, you know, you take a chance. Like I made a split to second decision when I make having these conversations that you guys need to try to work it out first. 
But if you need me to help quote unquote mediate, like, you know, and sometimes we do as coaches because they've never had to deal because you, I don't need to tell anyone on this podcast who's ever coached a teenage girl, how they can be. Right. So it's like, they, they hold grudges. They assume they relate everything they do to the B word and they don't want, they don't have time for that. Right. So it's like, okay, well, whoa, whoa, whoa. you guys just got to take a step back. And it, is that acceptable behavior? No, of course not. Is it totally acceptable for a player to say, get going, Mel, you're not hustling. Yes. But if you can't take that, then that's a whole nother issue. Right. So, but you've got to help them through that. You've got to help guide them to let them know that it's not a personal attack. All of you said, this is what you want at the beginning. You included Mel. And when Mel's not holding up her end of the deal, it's okay for the team to say, let's go. You need to hold up your end of the deal. But the problem is, is that, well, then so-and-so is, and they're calling me out and, uh, uh-uh. They aren't, uh, you know what, they're your teammate and they're trying to hold you accountable to the standard that you said and that we, that one, the program is, you know, set for and two, that you said you wanted at the beginning of the year. You can't pick and choose when it's, when it's okay. So I think that that's the key. You just got to really, you've got to help them through that. It can be successful. It can also go the whole opposite direction and blow up in your face. And that, and that could have very well happened. It could have gone, she could have quit for all I know. You know, so those are the things that you have to be prepared for. But at the end of the day, you've got to help them through those conversations, at least to suggest how to start, right? Totally agree. And then for Coach Sam, think of some of our like 10 year, 12 year coaches, like they probably, they probably won't be quite as dramatic as some of the girls we've had to talk through at the sure. upper levels. Sure. But they're still going to have that mm-hmm. team dynamic that is always going to be there. That they're going to need to work through. So I think that you're giving them a huge gift if they can work through those things and learn that early. So don't think just because the girls are little and not quite as sassy yet. <laughs> That's not true. Like sometimes those younger kids though, because I mean, I've worked with all different age groups, right? And they have a lot of those questions. Coaches have a lot of those questions, even mm-hmm. at 12 view. You know, the, you have the the kid who might be, think, you know, every, not every coach, every coach probably, yes, in their career has had the kid who, who's, you know, way, but be- thinks they're way better than what they are and doesn't seem to work very hard because of it or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever the parents are putting in their heads, you get, you get that. Um, you have the kids. And I believe honestly, some of these kids, not even, I'm not necessarily saying my kids, but just some of these kids in general have never been pushed in their life. They've never been pushed. And then they come to us. What do you mean? I got to do sprints. I don't want to be, I don't want to have to um, have punishment for every time. It's not punishment. It's consequence. The consequence of you not making your throws and catches is the girl is safe or they score or you lose the game. So there's no other way for me to put pressure on you in practice to practice pressure. And I had this conversation with my kids after it was one day where I let the assistants go because they had to get home. And I'm like, we got to clean up. We got to sweep out the dugout. You know, we got to get all the equipment organized. So we're going to spend another 15 minutes doing this. And afterwards, you know, I brought them together and I told them the story about practicing under pressure the study that was done with the archers. So a bunch of archers, right? You know the story, but I'll share it anyway. The archers were, um, you know, they're really accurate with hitting their targets when they're on the ground. 
So the study put them up high. I don't remember how high, I'm not talking like a mountain, but they put them up high, right? And the first few times they were shooting at the target, they couldn't hit the broadside of a barn because they were, they were feeling the physiological, you know, aspect of being high, which is heart rate, you know, short, shallow breath, sweating, all the things that happen to you physically, right? When you get nervous and they couldn't hit the broadside of the barn, but they kept practicing up high, right? We know, all know what happens to fine motor skills when your heart rate is too high, right? Go out the window. And if you ask the kids, what's a fine motor skill in softball? I don't know. <laughs> you know. Let's start with hitting. Okay. <laughs> so we, I, I brought out, I, I didn't have a bat. They put their equipment away. And so I said, give me your water bottle. I said, give me a ball. So one of the kids digs through their bag to find a ball. And I, I showed the bat, the water bottle on the ball and said, if you, you hit the ball here, where does it go? Oh, line drive or home run. Yeah. What if you hit here? Just a smidge lower. It pops up. Okay. So that's kind of like when you guys are nervous, like that's the difference, right? So these archers were up high and they practiced and they practiced and they practiced and the feelings never went away. They just learned to be able to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. And guess what? They started hitting our target again. Oh, so I get it. That's why we have consequences because you're trying to put pressure on us in practice. <laughs> yes. Light I can see the faces like, oh, okay. So, you know, there's also things like that. You just take for granted that they understand. True. It's true. It's <laughs> amazing. So if you, if you can, if you know, you're going to get 10 pushups, if you miss that ground ball and you've already done a hundred and you're really tired and you have the focus to be able to go get it, I think you'll be just fine in a district final <laughs> or, or whatever it may be. Right. So it was just, it was just kind of funny. Yeah. Oh, good one. <laughs> well, perfect. You brought me right back. So to bring it full circle, going into districts plus the one bonus game hopefully mm -hmm. you get to reschedule uh, but the week going into districts what is your mindset going forward what are you gonna have the girls work on what are you excited for i'm always excited for playoffs it's i i live for that i think it's just so much fun because by then you know the coaching staff has done their job and if they've done it right and if they've done it well they're as prepared as they're gonna gonna be um, I'm just really excited to have them compete, you know, when at the level that I know they can, because they've already reached it. And, and I, I guess maybe it goes without saying, maybe not, but I'll say it anyway. Like when they compete at that level for 15 straight innings, they are a hundred times more confident in themselves because they're playing loosely, they're having fun and they're competing. That means they're confident. And, and your, your pitchers feel a little more confident in throwing a changeup in the dirt because the catcher's back there or to throw a fastball in the outside corner because they need the strike because they trust the defense. And I think that was also part of the pitchers. Like when you, when you don't trust your defense, you try a little harder. And when you try a little harder, we all know what happens. It just goes to hell in a handbasket. So I think that that's really what I'm excited for is to see this team do everything I knew they always could, which is always my favorite part of coaching, right? And I told them at the beginning of the season, you are a big puzzle. You're still in the box. 
We haven't even unwrapped it yet, let alone put the border together. But once we do that, we get the border together, we can start filling in the pieces. And sometimes we might have two pieces that we think fit, but they look like they fit, but they may not. So we got to change them out. And that's all this is, guys. It's we've got to figure out the puzzle pieces and sometimes they're moving around. So you also have to be patient with the process. So that's what I'm most excited for is to watch them compete at the level that I sure know they can. Um, this week, I think we're just going to work on some of the little things that we still need to iron out. Um, little refreshers too, right? Um, just to fine tune some things. Um, but really just have the mentality that when you guys go in and if you play, you choose to, you choose to come with the energy, you choose to play with the level that you're fully aware of and capable of, because you just showed me last week, you'll be good. You'll be good. It'll be fun. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. It's just fun. Ah, I'm so excited. <laughs> Can't wait to hear about it. Oh, and like you said, like, I don't, I don't care whether they win or lose, but I know they're going to compete now. So I want to hear that story. <laughs> right. Right. And that's, that's the thing that I think is, is what the Madawan softball is all about, right? Is, is the process of the season is getting tougher, getting better, getting more confident, being better teammates. It just happened differently this year and that's okay. Um, but when you step out on that field for playoffs, you know, you're at your best. Because, because hopefully we've done our best, right, as coaches to prepare them the most. And I think when they step out on the field on Saturday, they'll be really ready. So good. Okay, before we wrap up, I have gotten this question and I haven't spoken to you since this was asked me. Oh, and you brought it up here. The 100-point drill. Can you go over again how to run that? Sure. So it's a time drill. So we break, we have enough kids on our team where we put them in three teams. So there's two teams on defense and one team up to bat at all times. So team one's up to bat team two and three on defense, and they have to be in a defensive position. There's a coach with a, behind a Z net doing front toss. And, um, they have, they each only get one at bat. So regardless of three outs or not. So, um, the challenge is they have to get a hundred points and we start with 20 minutes. So we allow the, once we explain the game, we allow the kids to develop a strategy on how to be as quick as they can be. So they get all their helmets and all their bats ready. They yell last batter when it's the last batter. So they know when to transition. So coach pitches, the first person hits, let's say they hit a double, they get to second base. That's two points. So they get one point for every base. Then the next girl comes up and hits a single that scores the runner. So the girl that gets a single gets a point, that's three. And the girl from second scores, that's two more. So they've scored five points. Um, if, for example, so the defense then is uh, supposed to play defense. So if they, if they let a ball go by to get a point, we actually subtract a point. Or you can say that girl on first or any other base that she gets after that doesn't count. Um, we have decided on our team, we will give points for ESPN plays like big diving plays or something. So if they hit a home run, they got to sprint, right? Because, because the faster they get to home, then the next girl can hit. Um, we, we do have a catcher behind the plate. Um, she just wears a mask, but it's front toss. So, you know, my kids are good enough where they're not going to worry about a foul ball. But so after last batter is over, then team one sprints, they sprint to get their gloves, 
Some of them leave their gloves by their position, right? Or whatever it may be. They sprint out to the outfield or, or to the field, excuse me. And the second team comes up to hit, do the same thing. So they only go through once regardless of how many outs they get or not. So uh, we start with 20 minutes. They have to get hundred points within 20 minutes. Um, if they don't, for every point short, they do a sprint. Um, the second or third time we did it this year, they got, they got uh, 100 points in 15 minutes and 13 seconds. But we let them go to 20 minutes anyway, and they ended up with like 120. One game, they literally got the 100th point on the very last hit. And sometimes they're way short. So once they hit the 15 minute and 13 second threshold, then we cut the time to 15 minutes, right? So um, that's how the point 100 point game works. I believe um, my assistant coach who played at Ball State got that from Coach Perry, who is now at Illinois when Coach Perry was at Ball State. So um, she brought that to us. You can probably add in your own, depending on your skill level or your age level, you could add in your own. Uh, either change the time, increase the time, or add in uh, points for other things. But that's how we play. It's such a good one. And I was like, I'm not going to do it justice because I haven't run it myself, so I'll miss the details. <laughs> but Yeah, it's oh, literally 15 one. minutes of straight sprinting. So what we do is when we break up the teams, one, two, and three, for example, my coach will create the lineup real quick. And she'll just say, Mel, you're hitting, then you're in left field, and then you're at third base. And then Alicia, you're at shortstop, you're in center field, you're hitting, whatever. So they have three positions to go to with the amount of kids that we have. That's nice. That's mm -hmm. not hard to do either. That's cool. No. And I like, again, like that combo you have with the girls, like explain to them, this is why we had pressure. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think once that clicks for them, they get to see like, A, it's fun. Mm -hmm. um, and B, it's really going to set them up for game day. Because if you can succeed in natural, sprinting and exhausted with only one chance then yeah you're gonna be good yeah and it's interesting to see uh the level of focus right when they're tired because all of a sudden they might start popping up and sometimes though the beginning is stinks like they have too many pop-ups right or too many weak ground balls or whatever and then they make adjustments. You can hear them talking and yelling at each other, not yelling at each other, but be like, hey, you know, more ground balls, hard ground balls or whatever. Because actually home runs in this game, even though the four points at one time is pretty time consuming. So we really have them focus on hard ground balls because my, you know, this is my hitting coach's philosophy and I love it. Hard ground balls, because if you miss, you hit a line drive. But a hard ground ball, you have to do three things, right? You have to field, you have to throw and you have to catch. Whereas a pot fly, you only have to do one thing. And we hate pot, like, hate pot flies. So we really have them, like it's exhausting. Even though it's 20 minutes of basically sprinting, they're dead after about halfway through. So then they really have to dial up the focus. And that's what we tell them. When you're tired, you really have to focus even more, right? And it's the, that part of the ball. It's, it's coming in soft. It's not a hard pitch. It's just front toss. So, I mean, for the younger kids, you might want to do side, so side toss or um, soft toss is what we call it, or side toss, or maybe even on a tee to start, you know, just to, with the younger groups or a um, little less skilled players maybe would be a way. And there's a, ways you could do it different, 50 point game or whatever, but it is, it kicks their rear end and we love to do, to do it. And because we just get this, like one of the coaches pitches and another coach and I just sit on the buckets and take tally, <laughs> like up oh, two points there, three points there. It's fun. <laughs> You got the best job. Yeah, for sure. 
awesome well i have kept you long enough recording this uh any last thoughts you want to leave people with lessons learned this season you want to share probably not anything different than what i already shared i think it's just it took me a minute to get back into it like the grind i think and the at the end of the day it's about the process the process of building a team of having them get together, having them trust each other, trusting you. Um, you know, we, we've, we've had various challenges this year, just like every team. And I think at the end of the day, when you remind yourself over and over and over, especially in the middle of it, this is just the process. The process for this team this year has been a lot of losing and a lot of ugly softball. But at the end of the day, they made the decision that they wanted to be better because we knew it was there and you've got to take into account the process of the season. I've always said, I don't care what the month of April looks like. I don't care how many wins we have. Our season though was jam packed in May. So, cause we only had a couple weeks in April. So by May in my mind frame, I'm like, we have to change. We're not changing yet <laughs> um, because that's the normal quote unquote timing. But I think if you can, it's really good to bounce ideas off other coaches maybe um, to keep your sanity sometimes because you can be too close to it. And I think that that's what like talking to you has always been so helpful for to remind yourself over and over and over. It's a process. It's a process. It's a process. Focus on the controllables. That's all they can do. And that's all you can do as a coach. The rest will hopefully fall into fall into play or fall. The pieces will fall right, right on your, on your puzzle by the time you're done. Excellent. Mic drop. Boom. Like we never had a break. <laughs> and that is a wrap on the mega episode thank you for sticking with us through that massive break i hope you enjoyed this mega episode as much as i did i can't wait to hear how the team does a postseason we will be back again next week with that for you so don't you worry and we will keep going with some amazing guests some awesome things coming up some new announcements so keep your ears to the podcast Follow us on social media. We're mostly on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at Mental Sweet Spot. Reach out to us on social media anytime you have a question or on our website. We've got Messenger set up or send an email to support at mentalsweetspot.com. We'd love to hear what you're up to, what's going on, and how we can best help you. We're in this together. We love what we do because we love working with coaches and teams like yours. All right, guys. Thanks for sticking with us. Have a great rest of your day. And have a good one.